0: To make more money without selling your soul with me, Polly Lavarello, Evergreen Marketing Expert. This podcast is for you if you are an online entrepreneur who is looking to simplify their business to scale. On this podcast, you can expect to hear regular talk about wealth, about selling, and about well-being. Because I believe these three core fundamental things are pivotal to your growth moving forward. Welcome to Make More Money Without Selling Your Soul. I'm Polly Lavarello, Evergreen Marketing Coach, and I support soulful entrepreneurs to scale their businesses with simplicity. (laughs) And yeah, so today we're talking about what it is to be multi-passionate and how it can impact the growth of your business. The common mistakes I see people making in the online space that are hindering their abilities to create the consistent revenue that they crave people don't get into entrepreneurialism because they're really straight-laced and really like following rules of course it's very common that the majority of us are multi-passionate chances are we've thrown our hat in a few different rings and tried out on a few different things i know i have you know i have a degree in french and modern greek of all things I managed a bowling alley. I've studied nutritional therapy for two years. I worked in hospitality for a while. I've learned how to make soap. I've learned how to crochet. I've learned how to speak various other languages on top of French and Greek. I'm always learning and trying new things. And I'd like to consider myself a creative person. And I'd say the majority of people that come to work with me would say the same about themselves. Now, of course, where this becomes problematic is where we sit back and we really dream up what is it we want to do with our lives? What are we willing to commit to? And that can be challenging. And there's so many reasons why it's challenging. And we're going to be delving deep into it today in this episode. So let's talk about firstly, where I see it being problematic, and then I'll break down why and how we get to do things differently and questions you should be asking yourself, if you identify yourself in these first three examples of where I see multi-passionateness hindering people's growth. So firstly, where it can go wrong. The ever-changing niche. Imagine you walked into a bakery and they said, oh, these are our nice baguettes. Here are our nice pastries. Would you like to get a sandwich for lunch? If we we can make you a coffee as well, You'd you'd be feeling pretty comfortable. Like, yeah, I'm in the right place. I'll have a nice baguette and a nice pastry. We want a coffee. That sounds good. And then they're like, and I, and I can fix your tire. And you see them like rubbing their greasy, slightly dirty hands from fixing another tire two seconds before you came in. And they're about to go and do that. And then they're like, oh, and by the way, have you ever considered counselling? I've got a room out the back here. I, I can uh, give you some therapy. You would probably be a bit confused at this stage, wouldn't you? You would perhaps be starting to wonder, is this really the place to come to? for baked goods, if they're needing to do all these things on top? And are they really a very good counsellor if they're also needing to be a baker? Is it hygienic for them to be changing tyres and, and passing me a croissant? So many questions. And yet, so many of us do this in the online space. Like, you just wouldn't see that, would you? You wouldn't see that in a physical venue, generally speaking. And certainly, those are the kind of businesses that kind of stay small. They're not the ones that tend to scale. They don't suddenly become known for the bakery that also changes tyres and offers counseling. It just doesn't really happen. Yet, in the online space, there are people I follow who probably, with about three times in a year, will go from being a self love coach to training people on how to become a coach themselves to being a business coach. And Quite frankly, through all those changes, I find myself just kind of almost going back to square one in my relationship with them in terms of the process of learning to like, know and trust them, learning to understand what it is that they actually do, learning to understand who it is they actually support. So where people may feel like they're actually allowing more opportunities for their clients to work with them, they're actually lengthening the process that someone is the consideration phase that someone may be going through when they're deciding to work with you. And what I often see, unfortunately, as you know, the reason behind this desire to change the niche all the time isn't because they're super excited by having all these various different titles. A lot of the time, it's around an insecurity that things haven't happened fast enough for them. And so perhaps it's down to how they have position themselves and by changing what they stand for and how they position themselves, that's going to be what makes a difference. While unfortunately, all they're probably doing is making it even longer and harder for themselves. Now, I'm not trying to cast any judgment here because I do appreciate in the early stages of online business, it's not unusual to dabble in a certain area and be like, mm, this isn't for me. These aren't the kind of clients I enjoy working with. What if I did things differently? So no shade on pivoting whatsoever. And at the same time, it's just understanding the intention behind why you choose to do these things. And if it's one of insecurity and doubt or lack, perhaps it's worth sitting with a bit longer because it's not necessarily the answer to your problems. Secondly, the other thing I see in people who are multi-passionate is loads of different offers and the kind of offers that seem more kind of based on themselves and what they feel they should be doing versus what their clients actually, you know, or their ideal clients actually want. And again, these offers tend to be reaching different types of people with different types of needs. Sometimes I have people come to discovery calls with me and they're like, oh, I helped this person at this end of the scale with this offer and this person at the other end of the scale with this offer and this totally random person over here with that offer. And they're not selling any of them very well. And it's hardly surprising because you're essentially trying to be two different businesses at the same time. And then you're wondering why neither are working. Now, let's not be overly ambitious when it comes to starting out in business. Let's get one or two things working well before we suddenly start trying to like run three or four different things. I know a lot of the time people seem to think by having loads of offers, they're hedging their bets in various different ways, which will pay them back in multifold. But actually what they tend to be doing is just diluting their results and delaying the consistency piece that they're looking for. They're overstretching themselves, which affects their delivery, which affects the excellence behind the product of what they're actually selling, which affects their client experience, which means their client doesn't come back to them and certainly doesn't recommend them to other people. And actually, all they're doing in their bid to be generous with their offerings and their bid to ensure that they've got a few things to keep them safe, actually, all they're doing is making lives harder for themselves and harder for their clients and delaying their progress. I see this all the time. Like I know I'm being very matter of fact about this, but I genuinely am yet to see anyone who's making money faster from this approach. It just rarely ever happens. And the other thing that tends to happen for people who are multi passionate is, as a result of all of this behavior above, all these different offers coming out all the time. He'll be the next offer. That's the thing. And and I and I really love this area of my life. I, I need to express this. Like I love nature and I love mysticism. And I love rituals and I love accounting and I want to bring all of it into the same thing. So I want to share my one offer for my accountants and I want to share my one offer for nature and mysticism. They're trying to do all these things and and they're niching as the kind of holistic accountant, the the naturistic accountant, all the things. I'm wondering why it's not quite working for them yet. And so they're seeing a lack of consistent results. And so the cycle repeats. They bring out another offer. They re-niche themselves and then there's the kind of existentialist crisis of, but I really love this. Does this mean I can never truly do what I really love? And this breaks my heart, right? Because you can, you can do what you love. You really, really can. You just need to be a bit strategical about it. That's all. And I'm going to be breaking down like the three things that you can be doing to still be your multi-passionate self and be successful in business. Because that cycle of the re-niching and changing who you're serving and what you stand for in your brand positioning and offering offer after offer after offer, it's just going to burn you out. And I don't want that for you. And I don't want you doubting yourself because it's nothing to do with you and probably nothing to do with your skills and everything to do with how you've been marketing yourself. So firstly, I kind of slightly touched on it earlier in this slightly random way, but one of the things you can be thinking about when it comes to being multi-passionate is actually really actually sitting down with what are the ways that you're multi-passionate? Because sometimes people see everything in a way that it all has to be separate. You can't combine all of these passions. However, what I've found in business very often is people are looking for that combination. There are other people out there like you who are looking for kind of two or three unique expertises you have combined together because they relate to that. They trust that. They feel safe with that. So, to give you an example, at one point, while I really so, so love what I do supporting people strategically, I mean, I can't help myself. <laughs> my friends know that. Like, I will inadvertently delve into a kind of strategical support for them and their business because it's just the way my brain works. I cannot help myself. And at the same time, I am. Fascinated by well being, by the subconscious, by nervous system regulation. Now, I deploy very little of any of those things at the moment, predominantly because I haven't had the time to exercise it and feel confident about using them. But at one stage, I felt like I had to be one or the other. I could either be a strategist or I could be a subconscious transformation facilitator, facilitator. can't say the word, probably, probably a good sign I didn't do it. And I, I really felt torn. For a while, it was really delaying my progress because I didn't really know where I wanted to be or where my focus or energy should lie until I started to recognize, actually, there's a lot of people who choose to work with me because I have an awareness in those two areas that I can pick them up on where their subconscious is holding them back. Where I can see the stories they're telling themselves. I can see where they're feeling dysregulated and certain exercises that will help them feel more regulated and then be in the good position to make a strategical decision that aligns to whatever their desires are. So it was recognizing that actually, rather than it being something that makes people think, oh God, she doesn't know what she is, actually it's just the full package of who I am. And for those who just want no BS strategy that has no reference to mindset, good luck to you. <laughs> um, then, then, you know, I'm not the person for you. And that's absolutely fine. And for those who really enjoy the weird and magical combination of having someone who understands what you can strategically be doing with your business, and understands you <laughs> and where you hold yourself back and where you're limiting yourself, then I'm that person, I'm the person for you. So it's also similarly looking at that for yourself, recognising where actually are these things that you are into, are they so far apart? What are the common threads that interweave through all these multi-passions? Is there a common denominator between all of those things that tie them up together neatly in a bow? Very often there is. It might be a way that you are being of service to people. It might be a way of being of service to yourself, New ways, new depths, new ways of exploring yourself, your health, your well-being, your money, your business, whatever it is. It could be the thing that makes somebody decide you're the person they want to work with, not someone else. So this is about embracing it and recognizing how do we actually turn this into a package? How do we see the common threads throughout all of this? Because if all of these things together serve me well, then there's no reason why they can't be serving someone else well And it may well be the thing that helps you stand out from all the other competitors out there. So have a play with that. And if there is absolutely nothing in common, do not give up. There's some more things I want to share with you that will help you here. So the second thing to consider is where you might be trying to keep yourself safe within your multi-passionate self. Where you may be using it as a bit of an excuse to keep yourself playing small. Because this is another thing I see. Being multi-passionate can be a really nice distraction. It can be a really nice way to, if you don't entirely trust your ability to grow a successful business, you almost are lining up an excuse (laughs) for it to go, oh, well, that could never have worked because I was also working on this at the same time. It may just be a sense of not feeling safe in committing to one thing, you know, we don't just see this in business, you can see this in relationships too, it may be that you feel safer in numbers, and not just numbers of people, (laughs) in your business, having a few things there makes you feel like it's a big warm cuddly coat with loads of pockets and all the nice things that you could possibly need that helps you feel safe, And, you know, the thing I'd encourage you to do with all of this is to get really clear about the intention. Is it down to the fact that you genuinely love all these things? Because I think one of the important things we need to remember when it comes to being multi-passionate is, yes, your creativity is going to serve you so well in your business, your spirituality, whatever it is that lights you up, you know, that's going to help you immensely. But do we need to monetize all of these elements all at the same time? If there is no common thread, as referenced in point one, and you're at this stage now considering it, then it's recognising, what if some of these just got to be for fun? It's only this weird kind of capitalist society we live in that tells us if we do things that you need to be productive or of purpose, what if you just did it for you alongside growing your business? What if actually it was a really nice cathartic exercise, or something that just filled you with joy that then fills up your cup so that when you come to your business, you arrive with so much more to give? So these are all things to think about. You know, what is your intention? What is your incentive? What is your motive behind being multi-passionate in your business? When you understand that, you can then unpick it to understand: is this serving me? Is this helping me experience business growth? Am I happy doing all of these things? Or would I still be happy doing one or two? Just ask yourself some real, genuine questions to get to the crux of what's going on here. And finally, the reality you and your business will evolve. We can be so stuck in the now that we struggle to recognize that, yes, we can come in and and kind of commit to one area of our business. What I tend to find in business is the longer you are there, the bigger the list you grow, the more trust you have, the more money you're making, the more caliber and brand trust that you have. It doesn't really matter so much later on if you start to bring in a few, I mean, I see it all the time in the coaching space. Those seven figure coaches who suddenly go, I'm a parent coach now, I'm a sex coach now, I'm a marriage coach now, I'm whatever, and and they can pull it off more because they've got an army of people who go, you know what, I love you and what you stand for, whatever journey you're going on, take me with you. So there is a phase in your business where it becomes a lot easier to express yourself and be playful and have fun. So I think this is the other thing to remember is like, this isn't forever, But what this is doing, and this is my final point, is it's simplifying things for your audience. Because there's one question you need to always be able to answer with clarity to have a successful business. And it's as simple as, what problem are you solving and for who? What problem are you solving and for who? And if you wanna throw in a little without at the end, why not? It really is that simple. And whether you're solving a certain problem for a certain person without a certain objection, and it's a mix of all these beautiful multi-passions that you have that helps them get to that result, beautiful. Do it. Be unique. Stand out. Be the person that brings something entirely wacky and new to the table that supports people with that level of transformation. If for a while it means going more in depth in one certain area and knowing that later on, as you grow that tribe of people that like, know, and trust you, as you start to see financial consistency and you have a team and you want to start getting a bit more creative, a bit more playful, throw play around and see what works, then you can do that too. It gets to be in phases. I think the most important thing to recognize is you're not making a pact with the devil here. What you're doing is allowing it to be simple for your ideal client, because ultimately what it boils down to is even with the strongest personal brand, If people don't really understand who you are and what you help, people aren't going to buy from you. And so if you are, through being all the different things, just confusing people, confused people do not take action. Confused people do not buy. So the main reason why we are honing in what we're multi-passionate about and making it simple and digestible is to make it easy for you to create consistent revenue, because consistent revenue creates spaciousness which allows way more space of creativity. So when we zoom out and we look at the bigger picture, you're helping yourself when you allow yourself to commit to trust and to go all in. For my next podcast episode, I am going to be answering the question that all of you have been asking me in my DMs, what is it to make more money without selling your soul? Polly, can you elaborate, please? What is selling your soul? So if you're curious to understand the motivation behind the name of this podcast, I will be sharing the behind the scenes story as to what happened between myself and Lindsay when we came up with this concept. So if that is interesting to you, <laughs> come along and join me for the next episode, and if listening to this has got your evergreen taste buds tingling go look at the description below this podcast where there is a juicy link to take you to a beautiful gorgeous free download that will share with you the five steps to upgrade your group program so that you can sell it evergreen see you soon